Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts, where we just discuss all things UGA football recruiting related. And there was a big visit weekend for the G Day weekend. I'm Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood. Jed, Trent, how we doing? How we doing after after this Easter weekend? Great, man. Got a lot of candy to go through. So doing great. Chocolate, chocolate bunny, the, the huge chocolate bunny. I mean, that's, I'm that's not a always... chocolate guy, man. I'm more like a sour, like a Skittles kind of guy. So finding all the Skittles. And... So, did you go Easter egg hunting, Jed? Yep. But it hurts. Yeah, I'm tall. So like it hurts to bend over and, and pick them up off the ground. So <laughs> it, it, it's harder. When it, it's I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> that might just be lazy. <laughs> Jed, Jed's actually, I mean, if y'all seen Jed in person, Jed's like, he's what up there, 6'3", six, 6'4". Three, six, six, yep. So he may actually be dressed up as the bunny and in, in some of the, some <laughs> at, the, at the mall, like moonlighting. Roddy's got to raise the pay a little bit so Jed doesn't have to dress up as the Easter bunny anymore during spring. But uh, no, we had we had a uh, lots of coverage for you leading into G-Day. I was there taking pictures of the, of the guys who were who were visiting had a nice gallery out there for the people on UGA Sports uh, the vault over there yet another reason to be a member of the vault and you get to an- get your questions answered each and every Monday night on here we've got vault questions lined up but Trent I think we need to start off with a little recruiting that Georgia did from out of the portal back to its own team with Amarius Mims uh, making it official. Roddy was first one to have that news over on the, the dog vent on Sunday. Uh, look at Roddy work, working on Easter, no less, and and uh, get getting that news out there. And then, um, but Amarius Mims coming back. Yeah, I mean, th- that's a big pickup just for, uh, you know, depth. And I think he's going to compete at, at several different, different positions on that offensive line before it's all said and done. I think uh, that's one of those situations where uh, you're, you're not exactly happy where you're at, but then you go and you you find out that you know other places might not be better than where you're at. So uh, so he had opportunity to go official visit uh, Florida State and uh, was there for a couple of days, and then over the weekend uh, he was back in Athens and uh, you know decided this decided to stick with the dogs, and I, I think that's that's big for Georgia moving forward. Jed, uh, your thoughts on Mims going portaling and coming back? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like Trent said, it's it's one of those the grass isn't always greener uh, kind of situations. I will say, I don't know, like spending a lot of time on the on the Florida State message board today because because why not? Uh, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people there saying that um, basically, basically what Georgia fans say about Texas A&M is like, oh, it's NIL and NIL, which is – it's funny to see Georgia on um, on the other side of that. Personally, I don't know. I mean, I don't have – this isn't based on inside information or anything. I just – I don't think it was a case of Georgia throwing a huge NIL, um, you know, bag at Amarius Mims just because they had – it's not – that hasn't been Georgia's trademark. And you think about Mims going from Georgia to Florida State, he could be theoretically getting NIL as a starter and, and one of the top players on the team. But coming back to Georgia – who's ponying up a, an NIL package for a guy that didn't play, didn't start last year and, and isn't as far from a guarantee to start this year. So I think it was just one of those things like Trent said, where you, you don't really realize how good you have it, even if you're not getting the playing time you want until you see um, what's going on at some other places. 
Yeah, uh, I made the I made the analogy just for uh, people who know um, may may not know. I, I played football in high school, and then I I wasn't good enough to be go be a big D one player. But these <laughs> these high schools around here in Georgia really nice. Okay, there's some of these really nice high schools, really nice facilities. Well, I went to go on these, some of these visits to these D two and D three schools. I was like, wow, this is way worse than what I played in in high school so i imagine mary smims to trent's point kind of did the same things he's he goes down there to tallahassee and he's looking around at these facilities and and what's going on in this program and he's like man i got i gotta get back to athens so uh, that's 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 kind of what i envisioned happened there thought it was hilarious he he pulled up uh the ensemble that Mims was wearing going into the visit with, with the uh, Florida state. I mean, looked like he just came from playing a pickup basketball game over there and uh, they're, they're rolling out the red carpet and you can just tell it, it seemed like one wanted more, way more than the other one. So uh, very, very interesting dynamic there, Trent. And that, that, that outfit cracked me up, man. That was, that was funny stuff. Yeah, and, and, and you know, he did have a previous relationship with that coach over at Florida State, and I think that's what kind of led to the visit. But when, <laughs> Brett Weimer on YouTube says the man hug scared Amarius off. Yeah, uh, he uh, he had a relationship with the offensive line coach over there, but, you know, I, I think when you when you get over there and you see uh, when, when they kind of lay out the blueprint of what um, they're all about and you see uh, – uh, you know, you know what Georgia's all about. You know they're putting offensive tackles in the NFL. You know they're putting, uh, you know, guys all around. Uh, as we'll see in the next, you know, nine or ten days in the in the NFL. So, it, like I said, it's not if, even if Amarius is a one year starter, like Broderick's very well could be next year. He could be a one year starter and then go first, second round in the draft. Uh, but um, you know, Marius could be right behind him, and you know, you just got to be patient in these situations. And I think you know he realized that when going on that visit. And Broderick Jones probably wasn't expected to play nearly as much as he ended up playing last year. But injuries happen in football. It's a collision sport. It's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. When you got uh, men that are hitting each other at the rate and and size that these guys are, injuries are going to happen. So even if you're in that top six or seven there for for Georgia, good chance you're going to find yourself on the field at, at some point during the year. I still think there's a situation where he he's going to cross train at guard too because you know uh, guard has been one of the weaker points for Georgia's offense line and still looking for some guys there you know Tate Ratledge is back and you got Warren Erickson still back but uh, still looking for some guys there and I think you'll see some cross training there. What uh, Jed? Where do we do we happen to know where exactly is Tate Ratledge right now in terms of the rehab and, and things? Like, I've been focused all on recruiting. I hadn't kept up with the team side as as much on it. But is he? I know that's a tough injury to come back from. With I think it was a Liz Frank injury there mm-hmm. in the foot. So that's that's tough, especially when you're a three hundred pound guy. I know his hair is in mid season form um, after seeing <laughs> him the other day on the field. But no, it, it's it's like you mentioned with when you got a big guy and it's it's a foot injury, especially. It's kind of like a midfoot uh, thing, from what I understand. There's me and Roddy had a nice uh, medical discussion last when I talked to him uh, a week ago about just how blood flow can affect, affect you know how things heal and stuff. So it's one of those things where it just takes a while to come back from. But it seems like maybe if not by summer, then by the first of fall camp, he should be back um, ready to roll because I'd be pretty much a year removed um, from that injury. But like you said, he's got to earn. I mean, those guard spots are interesting. I mean, you know, we're talking about Amarius Mims. 
Um, who to say he doesn't win one of those starting guards? Xavier Trusts is a converted tackle that's in their playing guard right now. So, um, you know, Kirby Smart has said a lot. He wants to get the best five linemen and, you know, do with that, let the chips fall where they may. And Amarius could fall into, um, could fall into that group. Or like you said, Blaine, <laughs> Seven be Jerry, Jerry Bennett says Mims would rather portal to Bishop Sycamore than Florida State. So, you know, people having a lot of fun at Florida State's expense today. So it's uh, it, it's not been a great day for uh, for the people of Seminole Nation down there, Trent. It's been, a, it's been a rough three or four months for them, you know, with uh, Hunter, Hunter choosing Jackson State, and now you got Mims all but locked up supposedly to Florida State and uh, signed a nil deal on Wednesday or Thursday and then to go to um, – just announced, or not really announced, but you know, Roddy broke the news that he's coming back to Georgia. It, it's, it's been a tough, uh, a tough couple of blows for them over the past three or four months, and uh, they're not really, uh, they're not really high on the Norvell train right now. Absolutely, Jordan Harris says it's been a rough nine years. <laughs> so it's hey, not getting any better for Florida State. It's, it's been rough. It's, it's been rough down there since they ate crab legs. So. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, you you ain't kidding. So there, if Florida State gets to continue to be the butt of the jokes, we appreciate everybody who's on here uh, watching us on YouTube right now. Go ahead and drop your comments in. As you see, we'll put them up here. Uh, we, we'll be happy to answer questions there on the YouTube channel uh, as well. So put those in the comments, and uh, we'll be be glad to interact with you. But uh, other than Mims returning, I guess the big news I'll uh, put down here at the at the bottom of the screen is four-star edge defender Gabriel Harris, who's now at Valdosta High School, commits to Georgia this weekend after G-Day. 12 o'clock on Easter, man. That was tough for me, getting out of Brilliant. the church in the parking lot. Boom, a commitment. Got to get that story posted. I mean, we had it ready for a couple of weeks here on uh, Gabriel Harris. Knew it was coming. We just didn't know what time. Didn't think the man would be doing it right when we were about to, you know, carve into some uh, in some ham and stuff like that. But but who knows, man? Uh, it's Georgia never stops recruiting. So, um, guys, go ahead and give your give your thoughts on uh, Gabriel Harris, the uh, you know four star outside linebacker, edge defender prospect that commits to Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I saw him at the um, at the Georgia League Classic back in December, and he, I mean, he was a game. It was one of those things where there was the twenty three class played against the twenty two class, and he just he dominated like all day. He had, I think, three three and a half sacks. He had a couple other quarterback uh, hurries and hits. I mean, he was the best player on the field. It looked like so. Um, and then Trent, me, and you saw him at the um, at the right uh, or at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. A couple months ago, and he really talked about how he was building that bond with Coach Uzo Deribe. Said he was talking to him every day. Um, and since then, we've kind of thought that Georgia's was kind of taking the lead. Which, speaking of which, Harris, speaking of Florida State, a guy that used to be committed to Florida State, and now um, body past, blows, man, just body past, blows. Uh, you know, four months. It, it seemed like Georgia has has always been a factor. And then ever since Coach Uzo Deribe <laughs> got to Athens, he really turned up the heat and, um, you know, locked up the commitment yesterday or yeah, yesterday. Yeah. I really like what they're getting in him. You know, we, we've talked about the outside linebacker position where they were low on depth last year. They landed a couple guys in the, in, in last year's class with Mike L and, uh, you know, Marvin Jones jr. And, uh, but you know, you, you, you still need to con- continue to reload in that class every single year. And, 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 you know, he's a guy that can come in and, you know, he's, 
He's going to be that stand-up guy. Can also put his hand in the dirt. Excellent pass rusher. And uh, you know, watching his film, he's not too shabby against the run either. So uh, just an all-around uh, good football player on the edge. And uh, you know, he's ranked I think 59th in this class uh, up to this point. So. Uh, it's a big addition, uh, especially early in the spring when we weren't expecting anything to happen for a month or so. Absolutely. And uh, there, yeah, it, it kind of seems like it's been in a holding pattern, as you just said there, Trent, with some of the, the, the big domino. Arch Manning is the one that everybody's kind of waiting, waiting to fall. And there's going to be a lot of uh, people think it's just about quarterback. No, as there's a lot of ripple effects that are going to uh, come off of that. But uh, I think Gabe Harris, you know, fits at that mold that. Uzo Deribe himself has really kind of tried to 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 establish here with the guys that he's recruiting. To Jed's point earlier, it seems like every guy he's offered or really went hard after so far since he's arrived in Athens is in that six four to six six range. Uh, you know, tremendous wingspan, just true edge rushers. So it's uh, it's it's something that that Harris fits the mold, and he'll be be a great uh, addition to this class for for uga a uh, couple quick youtube questions real quick here before we get going jordan harris asks, how did the hakeem visit go um we'll, we will get more on that here in just a minute because we have a vault question that goes with it but just gonna say this i saw him spending a lot of time with fran brown and with brian mcclendon and i just uh if that tells you anything those those two guys are as, about as as well-respected as it comes on the recruiting trail. So couldn't go wrong there. And do have another couple notes to add here in just a little bit. But I think overall it went well. Um, and then a uh, little comment from uh, the from Christopher Black. He said, I thought it was funny that some rival fans thought Brock Bowers had changed his number to four. That's how well that uh, Oscar Delp performed. Uh, speaking of recruiting, guys, you know, we've we, people asked us so many times uh about this 2022 class who's somebody that you could see making an impact early and i my continual answer was oscar delp oscar delp oscar delp because of how good of a route runner he is how physical he is after the catch and he displayed both those things in the spring game yeah absolutely and, and it's something kirby's talked about a lot where he got a lot of reps this spring because of throwing out washington being out brock bowers being out so It'll be interesting to see if this spring has him worked into more of a rotation spot once the season comes around, because obviously uh, Brett Seether um, is around as well. Or, I mean, there's still – I mean, is Darnell Washington still going to be on campus in the fall? We don't know that. So um, there's, there's a lot of interesting things that could uh, that could develop at that tight end position. But when you, when you have your first G-Day as an early enrollee and you lead everybody in yards and in catches – uh, it's certainly a, a good way to make to introduce yourself to the Georgia fans and and your coaches as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely looked good. At, you know, I, I was watching. You know, I watch you know bits and pieces of it, uh, but on, on Saturday when it was live, caught it uh, in the third. I was like, "Who's that number four? Because I didn't have the volume up. It was my daughter's first birthday. I was just you know trying to catch trying to catch a little bit of it, and uh, I ended up seeing it with Oscar Depp. It, it definitely priorities, right? We're trying to <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to work out the priorities but you know um he he definitely uh doesn't look like a tight end uh, he kind of he kind of looks like that um he looked about 220 225 i don't know what he weighs in that yeah, i think uh, he's right at right at 225 i think is what they got him 6'4 225 as a he, as an 18 year old i yeah. mean 
He, he doesn't look like your Darnell Washington. He doesn't look like your Eric Gilbert, but he, he does look like somebody that can make plays uh, out of the slot or, uh, uh, you know, out of an H-back position or something like that. So I think I think there's going to be playing time for him in the fall, depending on, uh, you know, I think whether or not Darnell Washington leaves or not, I think you're going to see uh, some – some. Uh, he might be one of those guys that's too good to keep off the field. So um, yeah. it, it'll be it'll be interesting how he use uh, how the Georgia offense uses all of these tight ends because I mean you have right now you have four legit ones and uh, you know I did hear this on uh, on the um, I think McElroy and them uh, announcing the game and I think I'd go to a lot of fourteen personnel if I was Georgia. So yeah, and then then. Uh... Joe Tessitore came back with, well, you're going to hear A.D. Mitchell and Kyrus Jackson and all those guys trying to get out of town if you, if you <laughs> do the 14. So it is a balancing act with this roster management now. And, uh, I mean, but you do have to play to the strengths of your team, and I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Georgia in in heavy 13 personnel uh, throughout, the, throughout this season. So um, I guess that is all the stuff off the open right there. If you guys have YouTube questions, keep – keep uh keep adding them in but we're going to go ahead and jump into our vault questions here and our first one comes from who else jed it's old pine tree chiming in trusty pine tree uh aside from justin rett and gabriel harris which 2023 target did we georgia make the best impression on this past weekend yeah i'll go first uh one that i talked to that i know that the the needle was moved tremendously by the the visit was Tyree Adams who is a 6 foot 6 282 pound offensive tackle he received an offer from Georgia already had offers from Texas A&M um you know and and LSU Ole Miss Mississippi State so he's he's getting a lot of attention really skyrocketed listed as a three star right now i think he'll end up as a as a high four star before this um, recruitment is over with. Talked to not only Tyree, but talked to some people around Tyree that I really trust, and and he is uh, very very impressed by what Georgia brought to the table on that G Day visit. So that's definitely one that, that was impressed. Jed, anybody you talked to that that you think Georgia made some uh, ground with? Yeah, I haven't talked to him too much, but um, you, you look at a guy like Aiden Williams, a twenty three receiver out of Mississippi, he's a, a rivals two fifty guy. Not only came into Athens, came away with an offer um, as as well. And I, I texted him Saturday night, and his his direct quote. Let me pull it up so I can uh, we ensure accuracy here. He says he said, "Wow, really? I'm at a loss for words." So clearly, that that offer from the Bulldogs really you know resonated with him and, and that kind of thing. So uh, those kind of guys like that are when, when you have a guy come into G Day and leave with an offer and get a game day game day-ish anyway experience. That's a lot to take in at one time for these guys, and I'm sure it really moved the needle for him, and and uh, George is probably on his radar now. And then Trent, another guy that that was in town, uh, Hakeem Williams, uh, like I said, I mentioned before when the, the uh, guy on, listener on YouTube asked about Hakeem and how the visit went, he was spending time with Kristen Miller and Marvin Jones Jr. and Dylan Bell sitting with them the entire time during the G-Day scrimmage that I saw. So, definitely, I think uh, Hakeem knows how high of a priority he is for Georgia. Yeah, and the big thing here is he just keeps showing up. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. this is, you know, visit after visit after visit. And, you know, he's got he's got several uh, other top schools. But you keep showing up at one place. And, and you know, that, that relationship and that 
uh, everything with that is going to continue to grow. And I think, you know, Georgia sits in an excellent position for uh, Hakeem. And another guy that I think uh, helped was like guys like Caden McDonald um, that was also in town. And, uh, but, you know, I, I think Georgia's done a very good job of, getting guys on campus like Jaden Wayne uh, and, and guys like that. You just, just get those guys on campus. And, and uh, as long as you can get them on campus, I think the relationship continue to build. And that's one thing that Kirby Smart's done a good job of outside of the COVID year. Yeah. And uh, I should have mentioned Jaden Wayne earlier, spoke to Jaden Wayne, five-star um, from uh, Tacoma, Washington. He was out here for yet another visit. Like you said, uh, he's, he's a guy that continues to, to show up just like Hakeem Williams. I think it's his third, third, fourth visit out to Athens all the way from Tacoma, Washington. That's a, that's, that's not an easy trip. And it is an unofficial visit. It's not a, it's not a uh, official visit. So um, Jaden Wayne, five-star in every sense of the word, he, he totally fits that mold. I mean, he's six, five, two forty-five. Uh, can really run. He, at one point, Georgia was recruiting him as a tight end and an outside linebacker, much in the frame of uh, Rico Walker, and uh, now now more so on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, you got Uzo Deribe, who had a relationship with him at TCU. His recruitment with Georgia had kind of gone dormant when Dan Lanning, who was his primary uh, – primary recruiter had kind of was going through that coaching change and all that kind of stuff to Oregon. But then he, the word that, that he used with me when I talked to him a couple, uh, I guess a little over a month ago was that Uzo Deribe kind of brought life back to that recruitment. And they, they, they're talking all the time now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Jane Wayne, Alabama, LSU, Miami, USC, uh, all the, the perennial powers in college football and the traditional powers are all in on this one. So Jaden Wayne is definitely one to watch, but that's some of the guys who get, were impressed by their their visits this weekend. And he said that meeting Uzo Deribe and seeing what he's doing at Georgia was very impressive as well. But uh, yeah, that's all the guys who uh, kind of probably got the most impressed this weekend of, of note. Uh, Jed, we got another question here. Yeah, from Doctor Diggler, Oscar Delp looked great on Saturday in the G Day game. How do he and Pierce Sperlin compare and contrast? For extra credit, put Bowers in the same conversation going into their senior year in high school. All right. So if we got to compare Oscar Delp, Pierce Sperlin, uh, so Oscar Delp going into last year, Pierce Sperlin going into this year, and Brock Bowers going into two years ago into the same category and same conversation, how would we compare and contrast them? So I'm going to say that. Bowers was different than both because Bowers was a former linebacker and running back. He played with more of a, I guess, more of that linebacker mentality of everything. Even though, even though we know that Bowers now we see him streaking down the sideline or over the middle and pulling away from people, he is really fast. He didn't look like tremendously fast because he's just so physical in how he plays the game kind of deceptive speed uh, and how, how he went out. I think I think the thing that you see with Oscar Delp was – I think Oscar Delp looked the most smooth of all of them. You know what I'm saying? The, mo- the, most, the most polished. And to me, to me, Pierce Sperlin is just totally different because he's like a baby giraffe running around on the field out there. He's so tall and so long, but he, he, he runs routes really well. It's just hard to – it's hard to compare and say who's better than the other, but they all do, I think, have three different distinct styles of play. 
Yeah, I would say, I mean, like you said on Pierce, he's so different than even just the other two. I mean, he's basically just a big receiver. Like he runs routes well. He obviously catches well. Well, and Pierce is a really good basketball player too. Yeah. I mean, he he's just he's he is a big receiver. I mean, that's he's gonna be flexed out so much. Um, especially, you know, early in his career before he really uh bulks up and adds a lot of weight. So um yeah, I mean, I wasn't in the recruiting world when Bowers came in, but Delp just looks like more that he looks like more of maybe what you're saying tight ends nowadays. He's obviously got the body and the frame to block, but he's he's fluid and smooth enough to be a threat in the passing game. I think Sperlin is they think he can block, obviously, if they're recruiting him as a tight end, but he's just so much in that mold of just a big, tall physical receiver that he's almost uh, you know, a tight end in name only, just about. And Trent, he's six six. 235 pounds. I mean, he, he looks skinny, but the dude is 6'6", six, six, pushing 6'7". Six, I mean, he's a he's a tall dude. Yeah, and now you talk about, they're all very similar in some aspects. They're very different in, in, in others. And uh, you mentioned Pierce, he could be split out. I think he he is probably, I, you know, I don't know this all the top of my head, but he might be the slowest of the three. But he also yeah. might be the... Uh, the longest of the three, uh, with with his catch radius and stuff. Uh, I think uh, uh, both Bowers and Depp can be a little bit more explosive when they get the ball in their hands. But I think um, maybe you know Sperwin can make the tougher catches across the middle. Uh, I, I, they all three bring you know such a different skill set. It's it, it'd be fun to watch them three together after the these current three are together. Yeah, the point is the the future of the tight end room and then add loss and lucky on top of that in this class of 2023 the future of this tight end room is just it's really ridiculous it's it's i mean todd hartley i think there's a reason he was uh he was holding up his uh drink cup with his uh agency on there on his on his uh back porch on an instagram post not too long ago because that man's got to be getting paid because he's recruiting his tail off i I mean legitimately you could have Bowers has got to come back next year, either way, because he's a he's a sophomore this coming year. So you could legitimately have, you know, Delp, Sperlin, Bowers, uh Lucky. Lucky. I don't know what happens with Gilbert after this year, whether or not he does go pro. I don't know. It depends on what kind of year he has. I mean, you could have six guys. This it could go from four to six next year. Yeah. Uh, just insane. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And then, then they may, then, if that was the case, they'd make, they may make uh, Sperling a full time receiver or something. I mean, it's just, it's just nuts how, how loaded Georgia is at tight end. Green Timber has one for us, Jed. Yeah. It says, Are we getting young, being Richard Young, I assume, uh, back on campus anytime soon? I thought he meant Bryce. <laughs> hey, Bryce enters the transfer portal. Saw that plenty on uh, April first uh, for for April Fool's Day. But no, um, Richard Young is someone who will be back on Georgia's campus at some point for an official visit because uh, Georgia is wide. I personally don't think Georgia is the favorite for Richard Young right now. I do think they are right there at it. I mean, very close. It's I think it's it's Florida, Alabama. Uh, Miami, Georgia, and Ohio State, that those five all really buying neck and neck for Richard Young right here. Um, so I think he'll be back, but I don't, Trent, I, I don't know when that would be. I mean, it, it could be this summer. He could elect to wait till this fall. It just, just depends, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know what 
you know, I think I think this one's going to be one of those uh, situations where it goes late in the process. So uh, you could you could see him back on campus, you know, later this spring, uh, summer. But uh, I think it'll go into the fall, and you might see the official visits happen then. Yeah, we we see. Uh, we, I see some of these YouTube questions. They tie into some of these other questions. So when we get when we get to them, I'll pull them up. Y'all keep submitting the uh, the YouTube questions and the comments. We really appreciate it. Also, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe to this channel, guys. We've grown to be, I believe now, the largest UGA YouTube channel out there. So it's uh, it's right there at it. If if not, um, if not eclipsed it yet. So we're we're getting getting close to to that mark. And all your subscriptions, which are free on youtube really help out with that so we really appreciate that hit the like button as well we would really really appreciate that okay so let's see uh what we have next on the docket here uh uga rphco um we've got how do you think tj shanahan's visit to uga helped us georgia in his recruitment um I know it'll be difficult to get him out of Texas with our staff. There's always a chance. Okay. So full disclosure, I called TJ Shanahan like five minutes before we came on to this, this show. I'd been trying to get in touch with him since after the visit, he finally picked up the young man was in a Chipotle eating as any good lineman should uh, over there. So uh, providing that he doesn't have terrible gut rot in a, in about an hour after the show is over with, I'm going to be calling him to get more of the details, but I do know, Jed, that uh, this was his first time getting a chance to meet Stacy Searles, and obviously we like uh, like the the um, questioner said it is going to be difficult to get him out of the state of Texas because not only Texas A and M and Texas, but also Texas Tech is heavily involved there. But Georgia getting him on campus, I think that was a welcome surprise to many. I think you've got at least three hours for Chipotle gets to him, uh, so you should be good. But um, yeah, and he was here for for multiple days too, right? Because we we saw him on campus you know, posting videos from on campus on Friday night. And um, it, it's one of those things where he he gets here and kind of like you mentioned with Jaden Wayne, where Chidera Uzo-Dribe breathed new life into that recruitment. A guy gets on campus and meets a position coach like um, TJ Shannon did with Stacey Searles. And that could alter what he thinks of Georgia because obviously he's met Kirby Smart and, and Todd Monk and all those guys. So getting him on campus for such a big game was a um, – it, it, it's never not a big deal, right? When when you get a guy of his caliber on campus, especially when you know we, we've talked about the offensive line. There's 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 a lot of guys Georgia's in on, but not necessarily leading for right now. When you look at the 23 offensive line, so getting a guy of TJ Shanahan's caliber on campus for for such a big event as G Day is um definitely a big deal. Yeah, Trent, I I know this that uh, if I'm an evaluator and I'm and I'm involved in trying to push whatever kind of recruitment resources I have towards people. TJ Shanahan is who I'm going all after because he's just nasty on the field. I mean, plays not as nasty, meaning a good player, nasty, meaning he literally plays with a mean streak. Yeah. I mean, he, he would look good blocking for Arch Manning, but, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Trent, look at Trent stirring the pot here. I mean, he's a, he, He's going to give our guys over here uh, – who, who was it? Just, I saw, he's going to give Christopher Black. He's saying, well, Georgia land either Arch Manning or Dylan Raiola. <laughs> you just heard it. Trent, Trent Smallwood says Arch coming to Trent Georgia. Smallwood says Arch Manning Futurecast live. How on many, how many tweets will be out tonight that say that? 
Trent Smallwood says Arch Manning to Georgia. <laughs> All right. I didn't say where he'd be blocking for him at. You know, he's a, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he, he's the he's the real deal. I mean, he he kind of uh, kind of fits that um, a little bit more talented. But Ernest Green, uh, that's why I, I like they're, they're both really talented. Can play uh, different positions on the offense line, and uh, yeah, he would he would, he would be a big addition. It'd be one that uh, I think Georgia. Uh, really works on, you know, getting them on campus is big. Getting them out of Texas is going to be hard, but continuing to get them on uh, campus will be what Georgia strives for moving forward. Yeah, I mean, an official visit with TJ Shanahan would be huge. Uh, if they can get him back for an official, that'd be that'd be a big deal. That was his first time getting to getting to meet uh, Stacy Searles. So you know, we'll see we'll see how that impacts. But the person that you need to the coach that you need to pay attention to in this recruitment is Dell McGee. Uh, it, I mean, he's really been the consistent thing in TJ Shanahan's recruitment. And, and uh, you know, when I was on the phone with TJ just a little while ago, he said, Hey, Dell McGee's my guy. Like it, even though he's not my position coach, that's, that's the guy that, that, uh, that I really enjoy uh, talking to over, over for Georgia. So anytime Dell McGee's involved, I don't count Georgia out at all. So, um, it's going to be – it'll definitely be one to keep an eye on for sure. Mainstay Scuffletown has a couple questions here, Jed. Yep, number one, chances on Deuce Robinson and who do you like for two running backs? And then also thoughts on Georgia having the number one class or where do we think Georgia ends up? Okay, Trent, you're Mr. Class Projection Guy. What, what, what do you think it takes for Georgia to get up to the number one class? We'll go with that the second half of the question first. It's too damn early to be talking about rankings, but <laughs> isn't Texas Tech or somebody like that ranked first right now? I mean, Texas Tech has the number one recruit okay, in too the early. country. But I'll say this: you land Arch Manning, it'll go a long way in being number one class because you got Georgia and Alabama in for them. If Georgia or Alabama lands Arch Manning, that will go a long ways in being that number one class because number one, you're gonna get guys to come with them, and number two, you're one of the number one player in the country, which you know by far is the most points you get. So I think Arch Manning will be uh, one of the factors in landing a uh, number one class. Um, you know, I think Georgia's always going to be solidified in that top five, top three group. But, you know, landing that number one class often requires you to land uh, one of the top three or four players in the country. And if not, you're going to have to land five or six others, uh, five-star players. So I think Arch yeah. Manning will go a long ways in being number one. Well, I think I think if Arch Manning – were to commit to Georgia, you would see in short order Hakeem Williams, Justice Haynes, TJ Shanahan, uh, and maybe even Madden Sanker go ahead and pull the trigger on on coming to Georgia. Like I think that's how in influential uh, the the recruitment of of Arch Manning is and and could be uh, to this class. So to your point, I, I do think that's. Um, that that's definitely a big piece of that number one class. They have a decent shot at it, I think. Uh, chances on Deuce, uh, talk, referring to Deuce Robinson, um, I still think you know that that hasn't changed from back when he visited uh, what a couple weeks ago now, Jed. Mm-hmm. When it when it comes down to it, baseball is kind of the wait and see mode there. You know what? How high is he going to get drafted? That kind of stuff to see. And uh, you know, Georgia already has two tight ends. In the class, in the class, so what happens there at that position? Who leaves? That kind of stuff. And then uh, Jed, you know, two running backs. 
I don't know how likely it is that you see Haynes and Young both land in the class. I think I think it's an either or situation. And then if Georgia goes for a second running back, it's more of a um, a, a Welch or or Wilcox or some somebody along those lines. What what are your thoughts on the running back position? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Because somebody asked on the show last week before, would Georgia take Haynes and Young? Absolutely, in a heartbeat, they would take Justice Haynes and Richard Young. But it doesn't seem like that's seems like it wouldn't seem like they're they're both going to wind up in the same place. So if you put a gun to my head right now, I would probably uh, guess Justice Haynes and um, and Jamarian Wilcox because Wilcox is one of those guys like we've talked about with Akeem Williams. He keeps showing up on campus. I mean, I saw him at practice. When we, uh, you know, got some practice viewing, I was like, "Man, Jamarian Wilcox, he was just here. here. He was, he was, he had been in Athens the week or weekend before." So, um, I think Georgia ends up if it went because correct me, he doesn't yet have a Georgia offer, right? Blaine, is that right? Yeah, not yet. Has so, not been offered yet. If and when Georgia offers him, I, I think he would he would end up in the class. And then Justice Haynes, I still think Georgia uh, Haynes's flirtation with Florida is is well chronicled on. On this year website, but um, I, I think Georgia still leads for him. He was a G day as well, so uh, I, I think Georgia ends up getting Haynes. Then I think they get uh, Wilcox as well. Yeah. Oh, and then another one to keep an eye on too is uh, DJ Braswell out of Washington County, right? Because uh, he he visited Georgia, uh, I believe, last week, and he plays now for Robert Edwards at, and at Waco, who's. Obviously, a famous Georgia running back, uh, Robert Edwards, who um, is now, the, like I said, the head coach down there in Sandersville at Washington yeah. County High School. And uh, DJ is a guy who's seeing his recruitment really uh, spike up as of late. South Carolina and Alabama have both offered. Um, he, he didn't leave that Georgia visit with an offer, but I think that may be just because, Jed, right now that, that Del McGee doesn't just hand out offers like crazy and i think they're so heavily invested in trying to land justice haynes and richard young at the moment yeah and and trent this is something you mentioned a couple of weeks ago too well with a lot of these in-state kids especially coaches want to see them come up and camp in the summer and and see how that goes because how many offers did we see go out to guys last summer with the the cj maddens of the world and then dylan bell and and cole spear guys like that come to camp at georgia and then they leave with an offer and obviously end up in the class so um, I think that could be when you see a lot of movement with these guys in terms of offers. And then, um, you know, if, if, if the mood so strikes them, once the offer comes, it commits shortly after. Yeah, I think it's easier, you know, and I said that we're going in-state prospects on their mindsets, right? It's, it's kind of easier to uh, move away from a kid that is not locally in-state. And I think that's the reason why a lot of the uh, – they want a lot of the in-state guys to come and – an offer because you know you can you can give those offers just to kind of give uh you know get the relationship started for these out-of-state guys these guys all the way out in west coast stuff like that it's kind of easy uh, more easily uh, you can easily move away from those guys if you want you don't want to it's, it's hard to move away from the guys in state you know you're, you're seeing those guys uh and then and that's partially more. because of the high school coaches too they're gonna be like hey well you know why i'm gonna tell all my guys you know crap yeah, on y'all if y'all are gonna come and and you know give a shady offer that doesn't mean anything, that kind of stuff. You know? You're not, you're not really burning a bridge when you're outside the state, unless you're like pulling his offer on signing day, but you are burning a bridge for these in-state guys. You don't want to burn bridges in the, in the state of Georgia where you're, you're trying to recruit every single year. So I think that's the reason why, 
you see a lot of later offers in the state, unless it's, you know, a guy like Justice Haynes or something like that. But uh, a lot of these three-star guys, they want to uh, come up and camp and, uh, and and let them earn the offers over the summer, see what they got, and then and see if an offer happens then. Yeah, here on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts, I'm Blaine Gilmer with Jed Man, Trent Smallwood. Like I said, subscribe, like, turn on notifications, submit your comments and questions in YouTube like David Williams just did here. He said, great evening, dogs. I do really enjoy the show, fellas. Plenty of info for all dog fans interested in the best time of the year before the season starts recruiting, baby. We appreciate that, David. Uh, we, we appreciate everybody listening. So, like I said, go ahead and uh, submit those questions and comments. We'll be happy to answer them as we go through our vault comments here. we got Pine Tree coming back for another one, Jed. Yeah, we're going with, uh, with the under-the-radar prospect here, um, the current status of the Arch Manning recruitment. And Pine Tree mentions he, he just mentions Arch at least 102 times a day. So, <laughs> Pine Tree a Pine. landmark on campus. Like that's where everybody goes. It's you know you walk through it when you graduate and stuff. It's a cool landmark. I guess. Yeah. Hey, uh, I would I would be it. There there'll be lots of NIL. I mean, could that be a consideration? Are the NIL opportunities of the Arch and Arch Manning on T-shirts and all that kind of stuff? I mean, I mean, you, you could build a Pine Tree right next to it. You can just put one in the ground right there. He could put a restaurant. He could put a restaurant not far from the arches and say uh, arches at the arches or something like that. I mean, there's NIL opportunities abound for that young man in Athens. So here's what I say. I say that all of these things that put percentages on where a guy's going to go are a load of crap. Okay, and here's here's why that's a load of crap, because no one knows except for the Manning family and Arch Manning. Guess what? They don't even know at this point right now because uh, they're truly doing their due diligence on trying to evaluate um, the, the situation from A to Z. This is this is a family that is worth multi multi multi-million dollars and they do so because of their business acumen uh they do so because of the the class which they handle themselves with as a family so i think that is every there will be no stone left unturned in this recruitment having said that georgia to to a person from the high school coach to people directly involved in the recruitment uh very close to the situation and said that, that there's not been one moment in this recruitment where there's been like oh we we messed up here or, or we we maybe shouldn't have done that that type of thing georgia's hit all the marks in this recruitment trent and even i put in a post today even the fact that matt luke who the family is very close with is still running around you know, one, he's retired, but he's staying in Athens because he loves Athens so much, and he's still running around wearing Georgia Bulldog gear. I don't think that hurts the the chances of Arch Manning at all. No, it doesn't. You know, I, uh, you know, I think there's a 37.4% chance he lands here. And he... <laughs> no, I, I think I think a lot of that. You know, no, nobody really knows where he's going right now. I think I think a lot of people get a feel, and, and you know, talking to sources and stuff like that. But this is going to be a very and they're not they're not going to let anything leak necessarily i mean they're you know he's going to tell his high school coach how he feels he's going to tell other people how he feels and you're going to get some vibes off of that but nobody can really you know say hey he's he's 
90% coming to Georgia. He's going to take his visits. But, no, I, I think Georgia sits in a very good situation. I think, uh, you know, that Georgia has a lot the family likes. Uh, I, think, I think Georgia has a lot to offer in terms of the campus and, and the football team and the coaching staff and, you know, everything above. But I, th- I think other schools do too, but I do think Georgia sits in a very good position moving to the spring. Um, that being said, I'm not predicting Arch Manning to Georgia right this minute. Like, you Wait, know, you already did. All right, well, uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. No, but Jed, Jed, one thing that you hear constantly from those who are very close, very close to this situation is how important the college experience is to the man and family. Because as I said, NIL, not a determining factor. This they don't need money. They don't need money. That's that's not that's not how this is gonna go down. It's gonna be about development. It's gonna be about the college experience, is what I've been told by people in the know. As the most recent uh graduate from the University of Georgia, would you care to expound upon the college experience of Athens? I don't think oh, he got yeah, give me a minute. Let me try to remember. Um, no, no, he might have because he can't even bend down to pick up Easter eggs. So he <laughs> yeah. might have got the full experience. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's you know it's 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 like you said. It's it's there's the downtown. There's the restaurants. There's there's you know the the, the campus is is beautiful. There's it's obviously great academically, right? With like you, you mentioned, money with the business side of things that the Mannings have done. They Arch could do that if he's if he's interested in in that kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a full, like you said, there's the, the football side of things and even, even the facilities could kind of bleed into the college experience, right? Cause you're going to spend a lot of time in the facility when you're not in Sanford stadium on Saturdays. But you know, at, at this point, I think to this point in this recruitment, it's been about schools trying to position themselves to be there at the end, right? Cause nothing's leaking, no true favorites, whatever, but Georgia, Alabama, Texas, uh, Ole Miss to a lesser extent. I mean, those are the schools that have done enough to this point to kind of be be here at the end. And now we go through the spring and there's official visits and maybe game day visits this fall if it goes that long. And everyone's going to have their sort of last crack or two to, to, to really bring this thing home. And Georgia's got just as good a shot as anybody. And now we have our first question from the inaugural member of the Trent Smallwood fan club. It's KB Doggo. It says, big fan of Trent Smallwood. Uh, Guys, is there a possibility of us waiting on a QB commit before we take a running back commit? I just think, I just think everything is kind of waiting right now, except maybe on the defensive side of the ball. I I think you're very unlikely to see an offensive commit before uh, before you see Arch Arch Manning commit somewhere. That that's that's what I believe because I think. I think if the and we got this question coming next, but I think the total approach could change if Arch Manning goes somewhere else. But what do you guys think? It, offense kind of on hold, but especially running back and receiver before Arch Manning commits. I honestly don't see any offensive player that might commit. You know, th- there might be one pop, but I I think it could go into after arch commits. Um, you know, you got the justice Haynes, you got the, uh, Madden Hakeem Sanders, Williams, <laughs> Hakeem Williams, but you know, th- those are all, those three are, you know, recruitments that could go into the fall. So, um, it, it, 
we'll see. I mean, there could be an offense player jump on before Arch. I don't think uh, that's that they're all necessarily just waiting on Arch, but uh, I think you'll you'll start to see a lot trickle down if Arch does use UGA. Yeah, I mean, and- I think it's not necessarily a case of Georgia waiting on a running back. I just think that's how this class is shaping up with, with everybody waiting on Arch, not necessarily Georgia wanting to get quarterback figured out first. It's just that's that's how it is when you've got these receivers Georgia's going after and then the skill players and, you know, Lane, you've talked about before, if a tight end leaves, Georgia could go after another tight end. I mean, there's all these different situations and and – and a lot could change. I mean, you, we we discussed earlier about the camp offers. I mean, a lot could change over the mm-hmm. summer when you get these guys on campus in June, and uh, and maybe a running back offer goes out. Uh, maybe a wide receiver offer goes out, and maybe you see a commitment happen then. So uh, a lot can change over the summer. You you, you see a lot of those commitments. So. <laughs> who, who that who that added his uh, two cents to the college experience? He simply said. The chicks. So we'll leave that alone for who dat right there. But uh Arch wouldn't have no problem with that. So no, 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 no problem. Ole Miss treated him well with that one from his uh, Instagram post over there. He, he he met he enjoyed his trip to the Grove for sure. Going he to, wasn't in Lane Kiffin's neighborhood, was he? <laughs> hey, <laughs> Lane Kiffin enjoying prom season. That's all I gotta <laughs> say about that. Uh man, it's good times. What a world we live in in the SEC. What would we have done without social media, you know, back in the day? But imagine how hard it had been recover covering recruiting back in the fifties and sixties over there. I mean, all all that kind of stuff, like just craziness. You couldn't couldn't do I it, mean, man. You'd the be state of Mississippi is insane. You got Lane and the Pirate over there. I mean, that's just the yeah, yeah, Mike Lee's getting interviewed by Brandon Walker in his office from Barstool now. I mean, just just craziness over there. So it's very interesting. Juice 25, is it Archer Bust at QB now? Guys, I really don't, like, I do not, you know, Christopher Vizinho was a guy that, that they had looked at. He ends up going to, to Clemson. They kind of kicked the tires there. Dante Moore is a guy that they've been on. I think he's Notre Dame bound. It, it's just, I just don't know who would be out there. And the question is, if you don't get Arch Manning, is it okay? We're going to take a guy who was way down our board, <laughs> if, if from George's point of view, or do you let this season play out and then maybe go to the portal to get an experienced guy? Uh, for for next year, that kind of deal. I mean, what Trent? What what are your thoughts on that? I think this is a great class to 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 go big on because you got some talented guys on campus, as you saw at the the spring game. You got four four quarterbacks on campus that I think you could put, you know, not with full confidence, but you could put uh, at least three of them, maybe four of them, on the field this fall and have some confidence that you're going to win games. Um, I think this is a year that you can go all in on that top guy, and if you miss, it's it's okay. You move on to twenty four, or there might be another twenty three guy that kind of explodes on the scene late. But I think this is a good year for that to happen because it's not necessarily a dire need for for Georgia in this class. So yes, it's it's Archer bust is what you're saying. I mean, I, I'm not saying they won't take another quarterback in this class, but I don't think. It is going to be, uh, you know, a, a life or death situation if if he doesn't 
if, if he chooses elsewhere. I don't think George is just going to uh, hurt uh, at, at that position. I think they'll go on, move on to 24, and, and try to land one of the top guys in that class. You know, they might take, you know, uh, you know uh, try to take a high upside guy in the 23 class that's maybe lower ranked, maybe a scrambler type or something like that. But I think they'll, uh, they're going to be fine either way. But, you know, I think it's Archer Bus. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, all right. Uh, Biage 0702. Jed, got it. Got a question here. Yeah. Who is the next commit to go public? Amarius Mims. <laughs> Marius <laughs> Mims committed. Trent wins. Ding, Marius ding, ding. <laughs> All right, Jed, what do you, what do you think? Who, who's you? I think we had talked about this before the show. You brought up somebody that's got a commitment date. Uh, yeah, there's, you, you look at two guys. One, you, you look at Justin Rett, who was obviously on campus on an official, decommitted from Notre Dame while in Athens. Um, he doesn't have a date set. It's not even necessarily – we, we don't know that he's committing to Georgia, but you, know, you put the dominoes together, it seems like Georgia's in strong position there. Um, and then Tamarian Parker, who's a guy Georgia's led for for a while, he is committing like mid-May-ish, right when they end uh, spring ball over at Central in Phoenix City. So um, that's, what, a month a month away, basically. So I think, if nothing else, I think Georgia's still in a strong position there. So um, that could be – it. it won't be any – if nothing else before then, I think that was that's the day you look at as as a guy Georgia gets might to jump on board. Is he gonna be at Rivals Atlanta? That is a good question. I don't know. I can ask because it it would fall right after his commitment. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good question. I'll text him and ask him. Possibly. Yeah, so uh, we'll okay. we'll have that we'll have that covered. We'll have some have some camps coming up, have some good things like that. But guys, uh, that's we've covered all the the details from the g day that was uh had had some some younger guys there too but we wanted to focus mostly on the class of 2023 this time around a lot of arch manning talk which is always good stuff uh you know if i was smart i would have a long time ago made some t-shirts or uh something that says says what's arch doing <laughs> or or is arch gone yet or something like that you know some kind of some kind of slogan that you put out there because that's what people Every day, they, the, every single decision in college football uh, right now seems to be okay. How does this affect? How does this affect Arch Manning? And you know, people even saying that now that Ohio State seems to have risen as a uh, content, heavy contender, maybe a favorite for Dylan Raiola in the class of twenty twenty four, was like, what? Oh, does that mean? Does that mean because uh, he was big on Georgia before? Does that mean that Georgia has gained? ground with arch he knows arch is going to georgia so dylan roll is going elsewhere who knows it, it's uh it's lots of different ways to look at all this stuff it's the reason why i love recruiting you know everybody talks about arch 95 percent of everybody that talks about arch has never even seen his film yeah so, that's why i love recruiting. <laughs> absolutely well you're gonna see some of these you're gonna see some of these guys that are in the nfl draft coverage out here talking about guys that they've never watched before so it's uh you know fake it until you make it you know what i'm saying so that's that's how that's how you go with it but yeah it's just manning's name that carries on a lot of this optimism you know with with all these fan bases no doubt no doubt but guys that is uga sports recruiting rumors versus facts i'm blaine gilmer for jed may and trent smallwood we will catch you next monday night uh be look 
be on the lookout for the podcast version tomorrow, and we'll see you next Monday.